재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵 Since the outbreak of violence in Syria, this long-running civil war now going on over five years, it certainly has had global repercussions. It's touched many facets of society around the world. You know about the refugee crisis in Europe, which has put countries at odds with each other, uh, Germany uh, at odds with some of the less welcoming nations. Uh, You've seen a rise of extreme right-wing populism in various countries in Europe as a result of this uh, anti-immigrant, anti-refugee backlash. It's even had repercussions in the United States as well, as you can see laid out during the presidential campaign. And uh, one of the candidates uh, vowed to ban all Muslims from entering this country. Well, in Syria, there's been some dramatic developments taking place. The battle for Aleppo, which is Syria's largest city before the outbreak of civil war more than five years ago, escalated sharply. Uh, Government forces backed by heavy Russian air cover clashing with rebel forces attempting to uh, break out of this encirclement. It's been a siege, uh, heavy fighting, and also now threatening to turn into a full-blown humanitarian crisis. Two million people in the city have lost access to running water. We're going to get some latest analysis on these developments as well as the Syrian conflict at large. Joining us on the line right now, we have, and we're very pleased to have the Center for Middle Eastern Studies head from Kunguk University, Senior Research Fellow, Dr. Song Il Guang. Hello. Hello, thank you for having me. Dr. Song, thank you so much for joining us. Now, there have been conflicting reports about the government forces alleged encirclement of Aleppo, but is it safe to conclude that the city is arguably facing the worst humanitarian crisis since the start of the war? Of course, definitely you're right. I mean, you know, lots of people in, in the city, in the Aleppo city, uh, they are experiencing, I mean, terrible, I mean, humanitarian disaster now, nowadays. So it was never before like this. So, uh, UN and many other countries are, uh, demanding Russia's airstrike, holding the, I mean, Russian airstrike for, uh, maybe a couple of hours in a day, maybe more, longer than that. So they can provide any, many, I mean, products to, to, to the, I mean, the Syrian people in the city nowadays. And certainly that is a complicating factor in this, uh, Dr. Song, as we know about Russia's role recently uh, in cahoots with the uh, current regime of Bashar al-Assad. Now this looming humanitarian crisis, which of course has many leaders around the world, many people around the world concerned, do you believe that this humanitarian crisis will spur uh, the United States and President Barack Obama's administration as well as other Western leaders to try and reopen dialogue with Russia so that they can try and achieve some sort of ceasefire? Oh, um, some part is right. For example, maybe Obama's administration and other Western leaders, they try to uh, restart dialogue with Russia to, to, to bring any, I mean, you know, agreement. But I don't think um, this, I mean, dialogue will have any fruitful, any productive um, and final resolution to, I mean, nowadays in Syria, because I mean, many countries, including Russia and U.S. and Turkey, and many countries, uh, they have a different, I mean, you know, interest in the Syrian conflict nowadays. So I don't think, I mean, immediate ceasefire will be, will be made. So in your view, then, the best that... Uh 
we can hope for as far as helping the people there suffering from that humanitarian crisis would be to get Russia to agree to some sort of, uh, I, I suppose, cessation in the airstrikes to try to give some window of hours during the day to get aid to those people? Of course, maybe a couple of hours in a day, maybe Russia... I think that's not a difficult for Russia to have a, I mean, you know, have a ceasefire for a couple of hours in a day to, I mean, to supply, I mean, uh, many humanitarian aid to Syrian people. But uh, it will take maybe, week, maybe they will agree to have a ceasefire, I mean, for an airstrike in a week, for a week or two weeks, but not not going to be any longer, I think, because they always try to, or, I mean, punish the IS or other rebel forces. In order to help, I mean, the current Russian, uh, current Syrian Assad regime. So uh, it won't be any, I mean, you know, per- perfect solution for uh, this conflict, as you know. Right now, you you mentioned that uh, they might be, be able to talk with each other, the the Russian sides and maybe the Western sides, and that's a good thing to have. But you're saying, as far as any resolution or any cessation of overall fighting, that seems to be out of the window. Uh, can you just tell us where we stand then in terms of the peace process? It's seemingly, as you're pointing out, uh, sort of fallen apart in recent months. What are some of the main points of contention, or where have things regressed? Uh, as you know, the main obstacle to, I mean, agreement between or among many countries, they having interest in Syrian civil war, the main obstacle is what will be the fate of, I mean, current president of Syria, Assad. I mean, uh, Turkey and U.S., they always demanded the Assad should go away. Maybe after one year or maybe half hour, half year later, should go away. But uh, other Iranians or Russians, they uh, they demanded they should, they want to keep, I mean, Assad regime as it is now. So this is, this is the main obstacle, I think. And that's the main reason why they won't be able to come to an agreement. In your view, then, as far as Vladimir Putin and Russia is concerned, is is their basic military strategy right now then setting aside the concerns of the of of the of the West as well as uh, maybe even the. Uh, desires of the uh, civilians who are still remaining in Syria that their end game is to actually achieve some sort of complete military victory over these rebels so that they can ensure that the Assad regime forget about ceasefires or treaties or talks or cessations that they just want to try to get the Assad regime to ultimately just be victorious and maintain control of this regime? Uh, I don't buy it. This is very skeptical. I think very skeptical about your okay. ideas. The situation is very complicated. The situation is very difficult for Assad regime. Of course, for Russia, I don't think the Russians' main purpose in participating in this, I mean, civil war is is to bring, a, I mean, clear victory for Assad regime. Rather, the Russia now is trying to protect. Just to protect Assad regime from falling apart. Why they do that? In order to secure 
uh, Russia's main interest in the region, I mean Middle East, and many military bases in Syria. That's the, that's the main reason. I don't think Russia will, or Russia, they, they have an ability to bring a clear victory for Assad regime. It's, uh, it's just, uh, just a dream. So that then leads us, I suppose, to the conclusion that we are in this stalemate. Uh, Russia won't have the uh, forces or the uh, political will to try to devote all of their resources to try and uh, secure military victory. At the same time, the Western leaders uh, demand that uh, part of the package would be Assad stepping aside, which Russia does not accept. And that is why we are in this situation and this uh, uh, very horrific situation right now in terms of the fighting in Aleppo. We're going to continue this discussion. Uh, Dr. Song Guang will be joining us in part two of the program. We'll also be joined by another uh, Middle Eastern expert as well, get the latest on the fighting in Aleppo, some of the analysis, as well as uh, try to get some sort of semblance of uh, prognostication of what we can expect in the next few weeks and months. Stay tuned. You are listening to Primetime.